and worship, brother. Well, good evening, everybody. Good evening. It is so incredible to be back at Wellman Baptist Church in Bogachitta. Uh, I was sitting here as he was praying, and my mind was on the Lord, but I was also going back to last year. Uh, me and my wife thoroughly enjoyed revival last year, and it's hard to believe that it's been a year since I've been here, but I appreciate y'all asking me to come back and be in here. Uh, I've prayed about the revival, and I'm expecting this year to be even greater. Uh, I, I come needing revival. Uh, I come needing my soul revived, and so when I leave here Wednesday night, Brother Gene, I just want, I want to be uh, on fire for God, even more than I am now. Uh, we could all have a little more and do a little more, uh, so why don't we just stand tonight? Uh, we're going to go to our hymnals, uh, page 514, when we all get to heaven. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace in the mansions bright and blessed. He'll prepare for us a place when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will
Uh, like I said, it's just a pleasure to be in the house of God and just one more time to be with God's people. Um, I'm going to sing a song just to start the revival or start my part of the revival off. I'm sorry I wasn't able to make it here this morning, but I've heard nothing but good things since I walked in the door. Uh, and so I'm, I'm honored to be able to share this ministry uh, with you this week, Brother Gene, and I'm just looking forward to what God has to say through you. Uh, but this song is just kind of a little bit of an upbeat song, and um, so it's just called God is Still Good. Through everything that we're going through, through the last 18 months, uh, I'm so glad that we can come together. And one thing that we do have in common is God's brought us this far. Uh, God has brought us this far, and I just believe that He's still good through it all. So uh, y'all worship with me as I sing this, and I hope it blesses somebody.
still good uh, and I'm so thankful to know that we do serve a God that through everything that we've been through I know he'll bring us he'll bring us out uh, if we just keep trusting in him this next song that I'm gonna sing is basically uh, just called God on the mountain you might have heard it it's an older song uh, so I hope I can do it justice and I hope it blesses somebody life is easy when you're up on the mountain and you've got peace of mind like you've never known oh but then things change when you're down in the never alone the God on the mountain is still God in the valley when things go when our faith is really put to the test the God on the mountain is still God in the
You know, when you, when you go to one church and then uh, a year later get asked to come back, you see so many familiar faces. And so uh, I'm so glad that all of you are here tonight. Mr. Ron, I can't let it go by without just saying hello to you from here. I said hello to you from the, uh, from the door, but I'm so glad to see you. Mr. Ron Means has just become one of my good friends. Uh, I know that he is... Uh, <laughs> he said, bless my heart. <laughs> But I do appreciate him, and uh, just every time I talk to him, he's always, I don't know if, if, he, if he ever has a bad day, I can't tell it, just because uh, he's just so happy and so outgoing all the time, and he's, he's always just better than wonderful to me. Uh, so anyway, I, Mr. Ron, I just thank you. It's good to see you. It's good to see familiar faces here. Uh, it's just good to be back at Wellman. And so uh, I'm just so thankful to be here. I'm going to sing a song that y'all... I just feel it on my heart tonight, and if you listen to Caleb, uh, you, you've heard this song. It says, let me tell you about my Jesus, and uh, so I hope it blesses you, but I have never sang it before. We sang it this morning at church, and my mother-in-law sang it, and uh, so I hope to have my mother-in-law and my wife come. I would like to, uh, I, I really don't like singing without them, but I want them to come this week uh, and maybe sing a few with me uh, for you guys and, and for the Lord. And so I, I just feel it on my heart. I've been singing it all day. And I said, maybe there's somebody here tonight uh, that just needs to hear this song. So I hope it blesses you. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Oh, let me tell you about my Jesus. Oh, he makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. is strong and his grace is free and the good news is i know that he can do for you what he's done for me let me tell you about my jesus and let my jesus change your life hallelujah oh hallelujah disappear oh let me tell you about my jesus and all the wrong turns that you would go and undo if you could who can work it out for your good oh let me tell you about my jesus oh he makes a way
about me let me tell you about my Jesus oh he makes a way where there ain't no way rises up from an empty grave ain't no sinner that he can't save let me tell you about my Jesus his love is strong and his grace is free and the good I hope that blesses somebody tonight. It was just on my heart. Uh, so now I can say that I've, I've actually sang it one time. God bless you and God bless Brother Gene. Thank you, Brother Anthony. I'm going to give you a roster where I'm going to be, brother, and you're always welcome to come sing. I can see why they invited you to come back, brother. You blessed our heart tonight. It's good to see you tonight in the house of the Lord. It, Looks like everybody didn't take my challenge because I said if everybody brought one, we'd have twice as many we had this morning. But you know what? I thank God you're here. And that's what it's all about. Is those that want to hear the Word of God, we want to give a Word of God. That you may hear God's Word. And you know, as Brother Anthony was singing, there was a lot of things that he was teaching us from the words of just the songs. And that, you know, in life, we just think everything's hunky-dory. Now, for some of you, you may have to Google that, but that's just a good old Mississippi word. You know, it's just that that life's always easy. If I just give my life to Christ, it'll be smooth sailing. Well, that contradicts what God's word says. Jesus said in John chapter 16 that my peace I give you in this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. You see, there's times that we have to understand in our life that life just doesn't make sense. Life becomes hard. But you understand something, and when you give your life to Christ, it's not just smooth sailing. Matter of fact, you understand that once you give your life to Christ, there's somebody that is hunting you down. Now, I know I'm in hunting territory, so there's some dogs that are chasing you, the demons of hell, Satan himself, that comes against the children of God. We understand that we're in spiritual warfare. It's not just coincidence situations that arise in our lives that changes us. It's the fact that Satan is coming after us. But the Word of God gives us authority as the children of God under the anointing of the Spirit of God to stand on authority of the Word of God and claim the victory that is rightfully ours. You see, God's Word is truth. And Jesus said it's this truth that's going to set you free. 
In this world, you will have tribulations. There will be struggles. There will be heartache. There will be pain that we cannot understand. Many of you have come to me and told me that you were praying for my wife as you heard that she had COVID. She went on the ventilator in five days. It just was a downward spiral. But I look back at the hand of God and I know you know you don't have a story until the story is completed. And then you get to brag on who Jesus is. But you know what? As the songs were sung while ago, if I was standing here tonight with my wife in glory, I still have something to praise. And I still have a word to preach. Because this world is not our home. We're pilgrims passing through. And one day we're going to that glorious place called heaven. A place where there's no more sorrow, no more pain, where the former things have passed away. And I want to tell you something. I long for that day, but until it gets here, I want everybody to see my Jesus. I want everybody to see inside of me who has changed my life, who has redeemed me by His blood, who has filled me with His Spirit, who has given me the authority of His Word to proclaim and to preach to you this night. But that's not just a preacher thing. That's a born-again believer thing. And so tonight, I want us to deal with some things. I think that sometimes, you know, as an evangelist, I travel around and I preach, and I, and I do want to see souls get saved. I do want to see people come to know Christ as our Lord and Savior. But you know what? Sometimes we just need revival for those of us who already know Christ as our Lord and Savior. Because life has a tendency to weigh us down. Satan's dealing with us. The Bible says here that the Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. That's why Ephesians says, put on the whole armor of God. That you may stand against the fiery darts of the evil one. That Satan who's coming against us. I want us to look tonight at the Word of God and understand that when you're faced with the struggles of life, there's a power in you greater than what you're facing in your life. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God who promised I will never leave you nor forsake you. That He is there to, to rescue you and strengthen you. Now, can I say to you that through this time of my wife's sickness, do you think that I have not cried this room full of tears? You don't live with someone 44 years and then think about life without them. But I knew that she was on the winning team because she knew Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. So tonight I want us to look at the Word of God and I want us to go over to 1 Peter chapter 5. Peter writes this text, this epistle, and we see here, this is writing of Peter, we see that, uh, that the Word of God tells us this right here. Look what it says. Verse 6. Therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You are far better off to be humble before a mighty God and let God do with your life what He chooses to do with you than you try to elevate yourself to a position that maybe God didn't want you in to start with. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Are we talking about a God who spoke this world into being, that there was void, that there was nothing, and God spoke this world into being? We're talking about a holy, sovereign God. I do not care what modern-day America says. God is still a holy, sovereign God. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We're living in a time today where we see that there's so many teachings about God and who God is, but if you want to know who God is, you've got to turn to the Word of God. And the Bible says here in this Word, it says here 
it says, Humble thyself of the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you in due time, casting all your cares on Him, for He cares for you. I want to tell you something. The Bible didn't say cast some of your cares. Cast all of them. When you're on the mountaintop, cast your cares. When you're down in the valley and you don't want to talk, cast your cares, because He cares for you. You see, nothing catches God by surprise. I'll make that statement now, but there was a time in my life when I went to evangelism years ago, and my son was 18 years old, my youngest son. In the midst of that, he came with a disease that I've never heard of called Wagner's. The disease attacks your sinuses, your lungs, and your kidneys. 20 years prior to my son having the disease, a person only lived six months, and that was it. I just stepped away from uh, West Macomb Baptist Church while I was pastor and was going into full-time evangelism, and then all of a sudden my son came down with disease. And in the process of all that, my son began to lose weight and got down to 80 pounds. And all of a sudden here is an 18-year-old boy, just stepped away from a church, starting out in evangelism, and now my son has got a disease that we don't know what the future holds. And I'll never forget that in the Baptist hospital, I'll never forget, I just bathed him, he was so weak, couldn't even bathe himself. And I remember looking up, and I, there were so many questions that went in my mind. I'm human like other people. I can sit here and act like I'm super spiritual, but let's just get honest. We've got to get humble before God. There's sometimes we don't understand why we're in the situation that we're in. And sometimes it's so dark, as I said this morning, that it seemed like the oxygen leaves the room. That all of a sudden your hope seemed like a distant dream. That it's darker than it's ever been. But we're not people of feeling. We're not people of figuring. We're people of faith. Trusting God at His Word. This is what faith is to me. Trusting God at His Word to the point of obedience. Even though it doesn't feel right. Even though it doesn't feel good. Even though I can't, I don't, I don't, can't figure it out. i got to keep trusting God at His Word to the point of obedience. And I was sitting there wondering why my son. God, here I am. You know, when we get in these situations, we start telling God what we do for him. Is that right? I want to tell you, God, you called me out of evangelism. I left the church. I, I did this. I did that. And why my son? And then all of a sudden, in the midst of all that moments of, of just brokenness, I looked up in the sixth floor of the hospital. And I looked out the, 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 into the sky. And I said, God... Whether he lives or dies, I will serve you. I will praise you. I will honor you. Humble yourself is giving God everything you have, even when it's the closest thing to you. The same thing happened with my wife when the, they told me that the kidneys were starting to not function like they were. And they were talking about putting a chest tube in her. And they were talking about the pneumonia's worsening. And every day it got worse and worse. And I didn't know. And I just said, God, she's yours. Humble yourself is giving everything you have. What happens tonight if we come before a holy God and say, God, all that I have, all that is within me, it is yours. I'm not coming here saying I surrender some. I am crying out, I surrender all. When a child raises one hand, that's one thing. But when a child, small child raises both hands, that just it wants to invite you to grab hold of that child and to pick them up and to hold them. Do you think God wants to do that in our lives? But do you think sometimes we hold on to too much stuff? To humble ourselves for the mighty hand of God 
And the Bible says, casting all your cares upon Him for He cares for you. I want you to see this tonight from God's Word. That's not the message. That's just the inner, just a, just a little extra for you there. Alright, look what it says in verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he hate, may devour. The Bible's already told us in Ephesians to put on the whole armor of God. You may stand and fight against the fiery darts of the evil one. Satan, the Christian life is not a playground, it's a battleground. And if you know Christ is your Lord and Savior, Jesus warns us straight up, as I was persecuted, you're going to be persecuted when you're following Jesus. You'll be okay if you just live like the world. You'll be okay if you have a little bit of religion. You'll be okay if you just kind of have a switch off and all in serving the Lord. But if you're sold out full time, you will suffer, uh, suffer persecution. And the reason is, is because men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And when you walk into a room under the anointing of the Spirit of God, living in accordance to the, will of, to the Word of God and desiring the will of God, you are a radiance of light that's going to transform in the midst of the darkness. And people are going to take note and they're going to see it. And the first thing they're going to do is sometimes is all of a sudden write you off as some kind of religious freak. But dear friend, I'm not here to please the world. I'm here to please the God who created the world. I'm not here today to, to just go through life and, and do what Gene Douglas wants. I, I have surrendered my life to Christ. I am both hands in the air. Here I am, Lord. Take me, mold me, shape me. Do what you want with me. The Bible says here in the Word of God, look what it says. Be vigilant because you ever say the... Uh, the, the devil walks about like a roaring lion, sick and made devour. The devil never has your best interest at mind. He wants to devour you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to get you off a track of following God with all of your heart, your soul, and your mind. Every one of us in this room, you know, if we get honest with God, there's times we really have to evaluate our lives. When we look at the love of the world, which is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, if we'll get honest sometimes, we can all find a little bit of that in our lives. And that's when we come to God who created the universe and knows everything about us, and we bow before Him and say, God, I confess before You there's things in my life that are not pleasing to You. I humble myself before the mighty hand of God. I bow before You in true repentance, and I confess my sin and God, I ask you to take control of my life and bring me back to the mountaintop of a spiritual walk with you that I once had that I may continue on to the day you call me home. Look what we see in the Word of God. The Bible says, the devil is a roaring lion. When you watch the Animal Channel, and I like to watch the Animal Channel, sometimes they'll show those big old lions and tigers. Those lion and tigers, you know, if you watch them, they'll... They're, they're big. They're the, the lion, the king of the jungle. You think he'd go out there and say, I want to get the strongest animal, fastest animal. That's what I'm looking for. But the lion hides in the grass, disguising himself, waiting for the weakest, waking, waiting for the, the sickest and the oldest or the youngest animal to come out so he can pounce upon it. He doesn't attack the strong ones, but the weak ones. Now, where does Satan attack us at in our weakest area? He knows you're strong. He knows where you're strong at in the Lord, but he also knows those weak areas where you are in your walk with God. I'm going to tell you where your weak area is tonight in your walk with God. You ready for it? It's the place where you come back to God over 
and over and over again and say, God, I'm sorry. I won't do it anymore. God, I'm sorry. I won't do it anymore. And we come back time and time. Satan knows the weak area of your life. Is that true? And where is he going to attack you? Matthew chapter 4. Keep your finger there, but go to Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, the Bible tells us just to show you from God's Word so that you can see it yourself. The Bible said that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The Bible said he, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Is that what the Bible says? 40 days, 40 nights. You ever been around somebody's got to fast for 24 hours to have tests run? They are as mean as a one-eyed water moccasin. They're mad at everybody that puts anything in their mouth. They're mad. But Jesus went how long? 40 days, 40 nights. Bible said in all ways he was tempted as we were, yet without sin. Was he hungry? Yeah, he was hungry. 40 days, 40 nights. Who showed up in the midst of that time? Satan. Satan comes and said, if you be who you say you are, turn these stones into bread. Did Satan come to tempt Jesus, the Son of God, God incarnated in the flesh? Did he come what he thought would be the weak area of his life? Forty days, forty nights, and he said, if you be who you say you are, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We have authority over Satan by the power of the written word of God. And so when Flip Wilson years ago, and some of you will have to Google who that was, the devil made me do it. The devil cannot make a born-again believer do anything. He comes and he attacks us in a weak area of our life. Jesus fasted 40 days and said, Come, and Jesus said, It is written, Man shall not live bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Does Satan come after us? Why do you think Peter is writing this? I want to show you from the Word of God. Go to uh, Luke chapter uh, 22. Show you three things that I think that we see here. And I promise you I'm going to have you out here by 8.30, so don't worry about it. I'd like to keep you on your toes. All right, here we go. In Luke chapter 22, verse 31, the Lord says, Simon, Simon, which is Peter, said, Indeed, Satan has asked for you to sift you like wheat as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to, to, to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said, Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. And he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day till you have denied me three times, that, denied three times that you know me. What's the problem here? is a problem that sometimes I have. And maybe sometimes that you have. He was talking when he should have been listening. I want to tell you something. We speak to God through prayer, but God speaks to us through His Word. And when God speaks, we ought to listen. When God speaks to the children of God, we ought to obey. When God speaks to us, we ought to trust. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. But how many times has Satan taken you down the road of despair and discouragement and doubt and depression when you have the right to turn to the authority of the Word of God and claim the promises that are yours as a child of God? 
You see, the Bible says here in this word that Peter was talking when he should have been listening. Look what else we see. In verse 39 and following, the Bible says that Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives and he prays. He tells his disciples there to follow him. And he said, pray in verse 40 that you may not enter into temptation. He comes back and guess what they were doing? They were sleeping. He says in verse 46, and he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Not only was Peter one of those in the midst of the other disciples, he was talking when he should have been listening, but he was sleeping when he should have been praying. And could it be that where we are as a nation is because the children of God have not been on their face broken before God asking God to intervene in our nation what our nation cannot see and, and act like they do not want but what we need. We need God back in the center of the life of this nation. You see, he was sleeping when he should have been praying. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That if I'm going to pray, my hands need to be clean, my heart needs to be pure. If we're not careful, our prayer life cannot become much more than a Johnny's little prayer, uh, little wish list for Christmas. <laughs> oh, Johnny's just mean as mean as could be. A mangy dog. Beats up on his sister. Won't mind his mom and daddy. Boy, let old Christmas come around thinking there's an old Santa Claus. And all of a sudden, he, gets, he starts, starts beating his sister, starts cleaning his room, makes out his list, and gets what he wants, and he goes right back doing the same old thing he did before he got what he wanted. A lot of people treat God that way. I want to tell you something. The Bible tells us here in the Word of God that Peter fell asleep. And I want to tell you something. We need, we need believers born-again believers, filled with the Spirit of God, living by the authority of the Word of God, desiring the will of God to be on their face before God in prayer like never before. You want our nation to change? It's not going to take place in the ballot box. It's going to take place on your knees before God, asking God to intervene to our nation that is sick in sin and far away from God. And so we see here he was sleeping. when he said, But let's go on. Look in verse 54. Jesus has now been arrested. They have taken away the high priest's house and Peter follows from a distance. Wait a minute. Is this the Peter in the same chapter that said, Lord, you think I'm going to fall away? I'm going to go to prison. I'll die for you. Had you made this commitments to God you have not kept? Had there been times in your life in crisis moments that you've made commitments to God that you did not keep? And all of a sudden we see here that it begins to unfold and it says in that verse 55, and they were kindled by a fire in the midst of the courtyard. They sat down together and Peter sat among them. Peter is not with the godly, he's with the ungodly. The ones who had taken Jesus and, and, and placed him on the cross. Those who were supporters of Jesus being crucified. He is there among the enemy. You can't live by the enemy and be right with God. That's the biggest problem we have today is too many people say, how close can I live to sin and still be right with God? You want to get right with God? See how far you can get from sin and get in the presence of a holy God. The Bible says here in the Word of God, look what it says. Certain servant girls seeing him sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man also was there, but he denied him and said, woman, I do not know him. 
Verse 58 says, again, Peter said, man, I do not. I am not. And then it says in verse 3, Peter said, man, I do not know what you're saying. Immediately when he said that, the rooster crowed. Did Jesus tell him three times? He'll deny him and the rooster will crow? Is that what happened? You see, what happened is, is Peter was sitting down when he should have been standing up. In our lives, if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves talking when we ought to be listening to what God's telling us. We also find ourselves sometimes sleeping when we should be praying. And sometimes we, should, we find ourselves sitting down when we ought to be standing up. I want to tell you something. If there's ever a time in our nation that we need the children of God to stand up, we need the children of God to stand up now. We have got to understand that we're, in, I believe, in the last days, but in the last days we ought to be reaching out with many people as we can with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the cross of Calvary is the way of salvation. Through the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary, for the ways of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. But dear friend, I want to tell you that Jesus Christ, he did go to that cross and he did die on that cross. But I want to tell you on the third day he arose from the grave. And I'm telling you, he's not a dead Savior. He's a living Savior. And if he's alive, we ought to be alive. Why don't we spend most of our time trying to rally the troop to get on fire? We ought to be on fire. I was bound for a devil's hell. No hope in sight. And God, through his grace, loved me. Provide me an opportunity to receive him by faith. And if anybody ought to be shouting, it ought to be the blood-bought child of God. And we sit here and let the devil beat us down to make us feel like we're the minority. You are never the minority when Almighty God is on your side. It looked like the minority when all of a sudden the children of Israel coming out of Egyptian bondage. And man, they looked back and here come the 600 chariots of the Egyptian. And man, you can imagine the thunder that was hitting the ground of those hoofs that were coming and the dust cloud. And all of a sudden they said, they looked back at their sight and said, oh no, we're going, here comes the chariots. Did you bring us out here to die? We could have died in Egypt. They looked before them and there was a Red Sea, but God took care of that situation. They passed on dry ground, and when the enemy got there, he closed them up. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we're not going to bow down, King Nebuchadnezzar, to the golden image. We're not going to do it. You, you can put us in whatever you want to do, but we're going to serve our God. We're going to be faithful to God. And the Bible said that the men that threw them in there, the fire was so intense that it burned them, just bringing them up to the fire. And they threw them men in there. And when the king looked over, there wasn't three, there was four. And one was like the Son of God. I want to tell you something. Our God is not dead. Jesus is our Savior. He's a resurrected Savior. He is alive, and we ought to be alive and claim the victory that is rightfully ours. God didn't want us to be destroyed by Satan. But Satan sure has a field day in our lives at times, does he not? What the Bible says. So Peter writes this with the backdrop in his mind. That, Boy, <laughs> I've been guilty of talking when I should have been listening to what God was teaching me. I've been guilty of sleeping when I should have been praying. And I've been guilty of sitting down when I should be standing up. But look what happens. Look what it says. Go back to, to uh, 1 Peter chapter 5. 
Resist him steadfast in the faith. Resist the devil in the faith. Resist the devil in the faith. Now, let me just tell you that in John 8, uh, listen to what it says. You're taking notes, verse 44. You are of your father the devil. The desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. There is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. He is a liar and the father of lies. That Satan is not only a roaring lion, he is a liar. You agree with that? And Satan, all he's got to do, it doesn't matter if, the, if what you believe has is, is got any validity, any facts in any shape or form, all Satan's got you to, beat you to do is to believe the lie he wants you to believe. And if you believe it, then you'll just say it when it's okay. But if it violates the Word of God, it is not okay. Why don't you listen to what it says here. The same chapter here, chapter 8 of John, it says something, verse 31, and Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word and my word abides in, indeed, it says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you... What does it say? If you know the truth, it'll make you what? Resist the devil in the faith. Hebrews eleven six. 6, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For they that come to Him must believe that He is, and a reward of them that diligently seek Him. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not a word, lest any man should boast. But how do you have faith? Romans 10, 17 says, Faith come by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And John, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word. You're going to defeat Satan? You'll not do it through your intellect. You'll not do it through your own power and strength. As a child of God, you must humble yourself over the mighty hand of God and take the authority of God's Word and resist the devil with the truth of God's Word because a liar cannot stand in the midst of truth. And when Jesus shows up, Satan's got to flee. Oh, he tempted him three times, but buddy, he, he didn't stick around after that, did he? Because three times when he was tempted, what did Jesus say? It is written. It is written. It is written. Look what the Bible says here. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that... The, now, I want you to see, there are two things here I want you to see tonight. I want you to see this as a Christian. Two things. Two things that I believe that God has showed me that I want to show you. Look what it says. Resist him, steadfast in the faith. That means by the authority of the Word of God, knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Listen to me. Satan, a lie to you and make you think you're the only person going through the struggles that you're going through. He isolates you. He's a liar, right? He makes you feel like you're the only person going through what you're going through in your life. That's a lie. The Bible says that everybody experiences something. Look what it says here. That the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Other believers are struggling. Satan is coming after them. He's looking at the weak area of his life and he's attacking them. But the only victory we have is in Jesus. And by the authority of the word of God, we rebuke him in the name of Jesus and claim the promises that are ours. We're not fighting for victory. We already got victory. Jesus Christ, our Savior forever. We have to understand tonight as we come that Satan's going to come after us. This world, you'll have tribulation. 
Well, look what it says. Number one, he wants to isolate us to make us think that we're the only ones going through the problems, only the struggles that we're going through in our life. That's the reason why it's very valuable to have another godly man or woman in your life, that a man for a man, a woman for a woman, but have a godly person in your life that you can talk with and share your heart with and let them pray for you in the weak areas of your life where Satan's trying to attack you. You've got to humble yourself. But let me tell you, if somebody ever comes to confide in you what they needed, somebody of a spiritual level to pray for them, that never needs to be voiced outside of a prayer life to God. Because once you lose trust, you never get trust back again. And that's the reason why we find ourselves isolating ourselves because we feel like we can't trust other people or we're scared what they're going to think about us. I want to tell you, everybody's going through struggles. Satan's attacking us as children of God. And so we need to know that, number one, Satan wants to isolate us. Number two, look what it says. But may the God of all grace, who called us into eternal glory by Christ Jesus, Glory is now in Christ Jesus, and glory is eternal in Christ Jesus. Look what it says. After you have suffered for a while, perfect, established, strengthen, and settle you. Second thing Satan tries to do. He makes, he makes you think that where you are is where you're always going to be. Is that true? Makes you feel like when you're in that struggle, this is where you're always going to be. But I want to tell you something. The Word of God says that Jesus makes all things new. And in any given moment, just like Brother Anthony's song, in any given moment, in the darkest of days, Jesus can show up. My wife went from 100% on the ventilator down to 30 to the next day off the ventilator. And within a week later, she's at home. And today she's gone seven hours with no oxygen whatsoever. I am telling you that God is not dead. He's alive. And why do we spend our time trying to get people excited about who we are in Christ when we already already be excited about who we are in Christ when the Spirit of God illuminates the Word of God and when Satan shows up, we rebuke him in the name of Jesus. We listen to what God is saying. We're on our knees in prayer seeking the face of God and we're standing up and giving account of the hope that is inside of us. We are the children of God. We've allowed Satan to beat us down in our society. We're so caught up in the COVID. We're so caught up in our nation. We're so caught up in the uncertainty of the moral. Let me tell you, nothing catches God by surprise. And the Bible says here, look what it says. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Peter knew what it was. He knew what it was to, in his life to make some bad decisions. You know, as we come here tonight, we can dress up and smell up, act up, pretend everything's fine. But does God know our heart? Does God know our struggle? Humble ourselves in the mighty hand of God is inviting God to come with the searchlight of the Holy Spirit to search our hearts from every nook and cranny, from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet, and say, God, what's in my life that's not pleasing to you? 
And I don't have to harp there. You know why? Because if you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit's already at work doing that right now. God, what is it going to take for me to be 100% sold out? Or maybe you're here today and you're burdened down. I know, what, I know what, how it happens. I do. I do. But I just know one thing, that in my life I've learned to trust God. And you say, well, Jim, you've got a son. He's still living. He's got, he's got two children. He, he had to go on some chemo. Uh, we just went to the Mayo Clinic this last year, or this year. Went to the Mayo Clinic. He talked me into a road trip. I'm 63 years old. Drove 2,007 miles in, in, in two days. I'm too old for that. But he got a good report. You, you're here tonight because your wife is, you know, she's, uh, she's, she's going to be okay. It's easy for you to, you, you got, I didn't have success. I never had assurance in my heart that it was going to be that way. I had to keep plugging around by faith, keep going forward by faith, trusting God. And I realized where I was, I'm not the only person. You know why? Because in the ICU rating room, I was going to different people, and I was praying with them, and I was lifting them up. And then all of a sudden, you'd hear that news. The woman next to my wife in ICU, she died. The 55-year-old man who died. The 65-year-old man who died. And the 20-year-old girl who died. And I was ministering to those families. And why did God choose to shine on my Brenda? I do not know, but I thank and I praise God for that. You say, Brother Gene, if it turned the other way, I, I, I'd have to be faithful, guys. That's all I know to do because if we take God out of the equation, what do we have? But you know what? You mean home myself tonight? I got a family member. I hadn't seen in eight years. Didn't want anything to do with us. Any shape or form. Taught. Prayed, shared, nothing. Son acts, my own son acts like we don't even exist. Because I stood for the gospel my entire life. You don't think that hurts? But I read the story of the prodigal son. God brought me to the place where I had to stand my ground and let him go where he needs to go. But my prayer is one day, in, John, in Luke chapter 15, verse 17, go to read it tonight, underline it. A person never gets right with God till they come to themselves. You can't force nobody. You can't make nobody. They got to come to themselves. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we will rescue people from the pig pen that God is putting them in for them to come to themselves. And God showed me that. And so I pray. Told him about his mother. Not a word. Don't understand it. But that doesn't stop me from praying. The Bible tells us in Luke, Leave us in chapter 8. Tell us of a demoniac, demon possessed. Lived separated from his family. Lived among the tombs. Nobody warned him. He was trashed by society. He was not worth anything. Satan tormented him. And Jesus showed up. And all of a sudden, when Jesus showed up, he cast the demons out of him and he went into the swine. 
Now, the pork prices bellied up that day when they went off the cliff. They went back, those watching over the, 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 the uh, swine, the pigs, come back and brought the owners and the other people in the city and said, you've got to come here. And here is a man that once was naked, once it was wild, once it had no control of life or, or concern about authority. He is sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. I pray. I pray that my son one day will be sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in righteousness, and have the mind of Christ. Do we all have things in our life we have to deal with? Sometimes we act as if everything's great. Humble ourselves with just saying, look, I know what hurt is. I know what hurt is when I had an 18-year-old son and I'm stepping away from the church and all of a sudden my son has a rare disease that, 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 that we didn't know. And on top of that, in the switching of all that, we were switching insurance from West Macomb to my own policy in that 30-day grace period. He fell right in the middle of that period. Looked like my world had caved in. And I can tell you testimony after testimony after testimony of the power and the presence of God and what God did by just walking by faith, even though you didn't feel like it, even though you couldn't figure it out, our God is faithful. And my wife, but I got one more story. But I hope one day I'll be back. Y'all may not let me back after this. I might be as fortunate as Anthony. But I hope one day I'll tell you another story. But I'm not giving up. I'm not quit praying. I'm going to keep serving Jesus. And you know what? That son didn't come to his mom, didn't come to my granddad, the grandfather's funerals. If he comes to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, he has forgiven. Yesterdays are no more. And I will embrace him as a father went running to his son. So will I go running to my son. That's God's grace. That's God's mercy. And as we've experienced this mercy and this grace, we must also demonstrate this mercy and this grace to sometimes to the people have hurt us most. But when you're lost, you're operating out of the rim of the flesh. You're operating out of the rim of the world. You're operating around the, 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 the influence of Satan and the lies and deception. But the truth has come. The Bible said tonight, the truth will set you free. Set you what? Free. And who he sets free is free. Amen. That ought to make somebody want to take a victory out right now. Amen. So we're not, we're, understand tonight, when you're struggling and Satan's coming after you, the Bible said that's going to happen. But stand on the authority of the Word of God. Rebuke Him in the name of Jesus. And when it don't make sense and it feels like your world's falling apart, keep walking by faith. Because without faith it is impossible to please God. You take that word of God and you stand on it. And if there's somebody in your life that you're concerned about their salvation, I want to tell you something. There's nothing wrong. People say, Brother Gene, why do you mention that? Because I want people to pray for him. You see, to be, to be in the position where I travel around preaching, people say, Brother Gene, you're supposed to be on this pedestal. You're supposed to be this super, super guy. I'm not. I'm just like you are. It hurts. It hurts when those you see are going through the struggles. It's hurt when those you love, just you drained them up and you did everything you could and it seemed like they went the wrong direction. It, it hurts. But you're not the only one going through it. 
That's the reason God tells me to share this with you. You're not the only one going through it. Satan lies and isolates you. Satan lies and tells you it's never going to get any better. As long as there's breath in somebody, it can get better. If Jesus steps in, it will get better. Is that true? So do you think we need revival and quit just going through the motion? Do you think there's so much more we could be doing and so much more we could be trusting? Do you think that sometimes we're guilty of, 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 list, of talking when we should have been listening to what God is saying? Do you think sometimes we're sleeping when we, uh, when we should be praying? Do you think we're sitting down when we ought to be standing up? Dear friend, let's stand up for Jesus. We have victory in Jesus. And tonight, as God led Brother Anthony and God led me to speak to the church. Maybe it's not the evangelistic message, but it's a message that everybody is going through struggles in their life and we need to embrace one another and encourage one another and, and pray for one another and lift one another up. And quit listening to the lies of Satan who wears us down and tears us down to the point we go through life with our head down and just barely making it instead of our head up claiming victory that is ours. So tonight, here we are. Maybe you came here burdened. The whole song service was dealing with giving it all to Him, trusting Him. Maybe tonight you just need to come to the altar. I don't know what y'all, how y'all do it here. Brother Jeff hadn't told me anything, but here's an altar right here. And we can come to this altar and we can get honest with God. We can humble ourselves tonight and say, God, here's what's going on in my life. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just forgive us our sin and cleanse us of unrighteousness. You may come here with guilt. The Spirit of God has convicted you about things in your life that you know is not pleasing to God. You ought to get before God if you're a child of God and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm repenting of my sin. I am turning from my sin and I am turning back completely 100% towards you with both hands up. I want you to cleanse me, forgive me, and use me for your honor. If you're here tonight and you're just struggling as a Christian, When's the last time you've been on your face before God and said, God, I need you. I need you. I don't need all these other things. I need you. Boy, it comes, something happens when we get desperate for God and say, God, I need you. Here's an altar right here. And tonight, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're going to deal with life right by yourself. And buddy, I don't know how you're going to do it. In my dark days of life, at least I could turn to God's Word and turn to a God and know He is there. And even if it happened, happened to my son and my wife, and I did not have this testimony, I have a testimony that they had trusted in Christ the Lord and Savior, and to be absent body, be present for the Lord. And that's where we're all going to be if we know Jesus is our Savior. Amen? Amen? So here we are. I have to be honest with you. Sometimes I wonder what's going to take to make people move. I've been in some churches. I think I could light a stick of dynamite in the invitation and they'll fold their arm and sing another standard, we shall not be moved. Guess what? God's not moving either. So what is God asking you to do? Not what anybody else, but what God asking you to do. Brother Anthony's going to make his way to the piano and Brother Jeff's going to be standing here. And so I ask you tonight, I'm going to the altar and I'm going to pray. And you know what I'm praying for, don't you? I'm praying for the success story of another part of my life. I'm praying right now, as I do every day, that one day I can see, coming from a distance, where I can go running and put my arms and say, there he is. What you got in your life you need to give to God tonight? What's bearing you down and weighing you down tonight you need to give to him? Revival starts when the children of God 
fall back in love with Jesus. Confessing our sin and acknowledging Him as a priority, not a part of our lives. The altar is open. I ask you to stand. You come as God moves in your heart for